This is Radio Orbit, exploring the secrets of everything on KOPN 89.5 FM, Columbia. KOPN 89.5 FM, Mid-Missouri Source. For in-depth news, diverse talk, music of the world, it's more than radio. It's community radio and radio orbit on KOPN. This is Mike Hagan. It is, oh, it's a little after 2 o'clock, about 10 minutes after 2 on Sunday morning, 
17th of October. You're listening to Radio Orbit. I'll be with you for the next three hours or so, and we'll be listening to some music and doing a little bit of talk tonight. And uh, don't have a special guest lined up tonight. Just going to open up the phone lines and let you guys all call in and let me know what's on your mind, and we might talk about lots of different, lots of different things tonight. So, anyway, stick with me. We'll be around for the next three hours, like I said, till five in the morning, and uh, um, talking about interesting, interesting things as we always do here on Radio Orbit. Okay, uh, what's happening in the world? Well, look, I was uh, I was away last week. Uh, was not able to do the show. Had to be out of town. Was in South Carolina for for a few days actually, and. Uh, um, might actually talk a little bit about about what was going on when I was on the road. It's always interesting to travel and uh, uh, see what's happening in other places around the country. I was in Chicago. I was in Ohio. I was in South Carolina. I was in airports and on airplanes and uh, driving in the car and got to meet a lot of people and talk to a lot of people and see what's on people's minds these days in these very interesting times. So we might talk about that a little bit as well over the next couple hours and um, and uh, well we'll talk about lots of different things we got space weather update coming up in just a few minutes want to say thanks to Ernest my man who was kicking out some rhythm and blues as always from 10 to 2 and hope you all enjoyed his show and uh, Ernest will probably be back next week if not Gail will be here uh, those two switch off now and again but always playing great music for you guys on a Saturday evening so thanks to Ernest for handing it over to me here and um well, I think we'll uh, I think we'll actually start out. We'll do we'll do space weather here in just a minute. I'm going to play one more song. I was going to be playing a little bit extra music tonight, only because I'm in sort of a musical mood and I've been hearing some blasts from the past that sort of struck uh, stuck with me over the last over the last few weeks. So, uh, so I'm going to play a song right now by Steve Miller, the Steve Miller Band from who knows 1970 or 19. 19- 65. Who, who knows when it was, but uh, great stuff from the Steve Miller Band. This is uh, a song called Fly Like an Eagle, and I hope you enjoy it. Be back in a minute with Space Weather, and then we'll get the show going. This is Mike, Radio Orbit, KOPN. Yeah. 
KOPN Radio Orbit. All right, Mike Hagan sitting in until 5 o'clock this morning, talking to you all on KOPN 89.5. I want to make a couple of quick announcements. A quick thank you to uh, anybody who helped us out last week. The KOPN Fall Pledge Drive uh, finished up on Tuesday, and um, although I wasn't here last weekend, I aired a program that I had pre-recorded and uh, tried to raise a little money for the radio station. So thanks to anybody who called in and donated a little bit of money and became a member of KOPN to support the station and to support Radio Orbit. If you uh, if you did that, I appreciate it. If you didn't, I don't. And uh, you can do it next time, maybe, because we're always looking for support here in the middle of the night for this program and for the radio station. So anyway, um, I actually had some special uh, some special things that I was going to give away or that I did give away to some of the people who called in to donate money for the station and for my program, although I do have a few things left over because we didn't have that many people calling. And um, tonight we're going to do an open phones line. I'm going to open up the telephone lines a little bit later after we do space weather. And um, anybody who wants to call in, you're more than welcome to do that and uh, we can we can uh, talk about whatever's on your mind tonight so give me a call phone number here is uh, area code 573-443-8255 that's 573-443-8255 talk so uh, I'll let you know as soon as I'm going to do that with the phones probably after we play the next song here after I get, get, get done with a little bit of business here and do the uh, normal things that we do at the beginning of the program, then we'll do open lines. So give me a call, 443-8255. Let me know what's on your mind. got a few things to give away tonight. I've got a uh, oh a one-year subscription to Fate Magazine, great little magazine that's been around for many, many years, talking about the interesting and unexplained and mysterious phenomenon that happened all around our planet and all around our world. Um, so we'll be giving away that a little bit later. Subscription to Fate Magazine. I also got a couple of T-shirts to Fate Magazine. Really cool, actually. Uh, they sort of superimposed some of the old covers from the magazine on T-shirts, and they're actually really cool, sort of collector's editions, uh, things like that. Um, got a couple of CD-ROMs from Cyberspace Orbit, all the archives of Kent, Kent Stedman's site, cyberspaceorbit.com. Uh, a veritable smorgasbord of information 600 megs or so jammed onto one CD-ROM the entire archive of cyberspaceorbit.com 
Ken Stedman, one of the sages out there, one of the real wizards out there in the world right now. So you can uh, uh, have the benefit of putting that in your uh, in your CD collection as well. So when I open the phones, we'll give some of that stuff away in a little bit a uh, little bit later now. So thanks to all those uh, who gave uh, for the pledge drive. If you didn't, uh, really could use your support. You can donate at any given time. Doesn't have to be during a pledge drive. It can be any time during the year. Uh, write a check or swing down to 915 East Broadway, right down here in the heart of Columbia, Missouri, and uh, stop in and say hi down to KOPN and become a member. All right, uh, space weather. I'll tell you what's going on on the sun in the skies above our head things like that the solar activity for now over a month has been very quiet haven't had much interesting to talk about not a lot of big sunspot areas not a lot of big flare activity not a lot of large coronal mass ejection a lot of uh, uh, solar wind has just been nice and mellow and it's been kind of like just a nice uh, a nice period on the sun where things have been very calm and just the way we like to see things now, if you remember about a year ago, in fact, exactly a year ago, the, the, the sun really started to kick up in October toward the end of the month. And so we'll be watching that. Uh, we'll be watching that again real closely over the next couple of weeks because uh, the sun does go through these cycles. And, of course, the yearly cycle is one of the shorter cycles inside of these longer cycles. And it's just a bunch of wheels within wheels, these cycles within cycles that go on and on and on. So you never know when things could change. And so that's why we like to watch the sun because, as I talk about quite frequently on the show, the sun is about the most important thing in all of our lives, whether we know it or not. Without the sun, everything ends. So uh, we keep our eyes on that and let you know uh, how the sun is affecting the earth. Uh, what else is happening? Um, there is a... Uh, you know, something really cool is going to be coming up in just about, well, what is it? Today is the 17th. The 27th is 10 days. So 10 days from now, there will be a um, a full moon. And it's also a lunar, it will, it will also occur during what we call a lunar eclipse. And when that happens, the moon will actually appear to be orange or red. Sometimes they call it a blood moon, actually. Uh, in any case, that will be happening on um, October 27th of this year. That's a Wednesday coming up in 10 days. And uh, the blood moon will be rising on Wednesday, the 27th of October. Now, according to uh, sort of historical folklore, this sort of thing, the, the full moon in October is called has been named the Hunter's Moon. Now, they also call it a blood moon um, sometimes, but uh, um, the... Uh, the hunter's moon or the blood moon came into uh, into being because it, it was it was supposedly named after hunters and uh, indigenous people who would be tracking and hunting their uh, the animals that they would kill and eat and they would do that in the autumn they would do that by moonlight because you had this nice big full moon that was over their head and they actually could uh, could sort of sneak through the forest with the moon up there above and light just kind of filtering down onto planet Earth and they would be out there stalking their prey in the middle of the night. You can almost kind of picture it in your mind as these guys and, and girls were out there doing their thing, our ancestors, many thousands of years ago. 
So, in any case, uh, the uh, the Hunter's Moon. Now, now there's also a, a Hunter's Moon that um, that I've heard described to be my, by Native American friends of mine. Uh, sometimes you'll get a little sliver of a of a crescent of the moon, and when that uh, when that crescent um, is hanging in the sky, kind of like a smile. If you can imagine, if you can imagine a smile. Um, in the sky, and that would be just the sort of crescent of the moon in that particular uh, ge- geometric setup. Well, when the when the when the moon is hanging like that in the sky, the Native Americans used to call that a hunter's moon as well, because the idea was that the great hunter could take his bow um, and hang his bow on the crescent of the moon. And again, a nice little piece of imagery there in your head, thinking of the the great spirit, the great hunter, hanging his bow from the crescent of the moon in the sky. So anyway, October's moon, the hunter's moon, the blood moon. Um, now, of course, the, the, they called it a blood moon because of the hunting idea, not because it was red. But this year, it will actually be red. It will be blood red. And the reason that happens, it's, it's a lunar eclipse, and it'll start about 9 o'clock, a little bit after 9 on the 27th of October, and uh, the moon will kind of cruise through the Earth's shadow for about three hours. And um, pretty much anywhere on Earth, except maybe Australia, New Zealand, not sure, uh, you will be able to see um, a funky, eerily red, dark red moon uh, during the totality of that, of that lunar eclipse. Now the question uh, arises, what, what, during, a, during a lunar eclipse, what makes the, the moon actually appear red? Well, the reason that that happens, and I learned this from uh, uh, the good people over at spaceweather.com, um, the planet actually casts a real long shadow, and it starts on the ground. In fact, if you think about it, um, you're, when you step outside at night, you are in the Earth's shadow, and um, the shadow stretches out many, many hundreds of thousands or millions of miles into space, and... Um, if you kind of look at it like this, if you if if you uh, imagine that you had your own sort of personal spaceship and and uh, your mission is to take off from Earth and fly right down the middle of the shadow of the Earth and uh, that would be to keep the sun directly behind the Earth and as you're going out and going out and you're almost making out to the moon, if you look around uh, from your little cockpit there of your spaceship, you're going to see the dark side of Earth and you'll have the sun of course blazing behind that but you won't be able to see it because the earth will be in the way now that uh, that dark half of the planet that's opposite the sun it won't be completely dark there'll be a sort of a a red glow that comes from the atmosphere because of the sunlight that's reflecting off it from behind so um so what you're seeing when you see a blood moon when you see a red moon like this um during a solar or during a lunar eclipse what you're seeing is every sunrise and every sunset on Earth, and you're seeing them all at once. And uh, this ring of light sort of shines into Earth's shadow and uh, breaks the darkness, and you'll see this red glow. And that's the sort of physical idea of what's happening when you see that uh, when you see the moon and it actually appears red in the sky. Now, there are also lots of mythological and uh, legendary ideas about, oh, nasty things that might happen when you have a red moon or a blood red moon, as they talk about. Of course, those things may come and they may go, so we'll just have to hold on to our hats and 
watch what's happening during this uh, during this blood moon, during this hunter's moon that comes up in a couple of weeks. And of course, who knows? It's a very interesting time these days. We got the elections coming up. And uh, that's just a few weeks away, and who knows what can happen between now and then. Obviously, a pretty, pretty interesting time here in this country and also all around the planet. So we'll be talking about that a little bit later as well. Um, what else do I have to talk about on space weather first? Like we said, nothing uh, too exciting going on in the sun, and we've got a little solar, a lunar eclipse coming up in a couple weeks. Don't have any potentially hazardous asteroids or comets to talk about tonight uh, looks like at least for what we know the skies above our heads seem to be pretty clear right now um, there was a, a partial uh, solar eclipse just a few days ago back on October 13th you couldn't have seen it from uh, northern uh, from North America but if you were out in Hawaii or in the South Pacific or out that way you would have seen the sunrise on um, or I, I take that back just before sunset actually on the 13th you would have seen the the sun setting with a big chunk taken out of the side of it, and that's because we were in the middle of a partial solar eclipse. So if you did see that, I just wanted to let you know that nothing strange was going on. It was just it was just the way things happen up there. So that's all with space weather. We will get back in just a minute, like I said, opening up the phone lines when I come back. The number is 573-443-8255. Give me a call. We'll talk about Anything you want to talk about, um, I'll, we'll come back and talk about uh, also some of the things we've got coming up for Radio Orbit in the future. Got some real good guests lined up for the next few weeks. And, oh, what else? I don't know. Talk about it here in a minute. We had uh, the CD players giving me a little bit of trouble over the last couple of weeks. We've been changing them out quite a bit here in the studio and that's one of the reasons why we like to well we don't like to but we have to do our fundraisers and our pledge drives a few times a year because a lot of the stuff that we use at the station here because we are on sort of a shoestring budget we don't have a lot of money to spare uh, sometimes that's reflected in technology and uh, for example the CD players that we use we're having lots of difficulty with the CD players right now so bear with me if if we don't have uh, great luck with the transitions uh, and uh, the musical stuff, uh, but we'll uh, try to figure out how to get this stuff going. Like this one right now is just driving me nuts. Okay, there we go. Soundgarden on uh, KOPN Radio Orbit. This is Outshine. Be back in a minute. Mike Hagan.
Soundgarden on Radio Orbit KOPN. Like I say, having a little difficulty with the CD players. Starting to piss me off, too, if you haven't noticed. In any case, okay, uh, what's going on? Open phone lines, 443-8255. Give me a call if you want to know what's going on or if you want to let me know what's on your mind. We'll talk about anything you guys like tonight. In the meantime, uh, like I said, thanks to those who became members, supported KOPN, voted for KOPN, and uh, pledged your support for this radio program and for the station. Upcoming guests tonight, like I say, we have open lines. Call in, talk about anything on your mind. Next week, a real important interview that I'm going to air with a gentleman that I spoke to about a week and a half ago. His name is Joseph Chilton Pierce. And Joseph Chilton Pierce is an older man now, close to 80 years old, maybe over 80 years old, but been writing for 30 to 40 years about human potential and the awakening and unfolding of intelligence in the human being. And he's an amazing man and has some incredible insights into not just uh, individual human beings, but into the species in general and what's happening on our planet right now and some of the reasons why and how we might help to improve some of the situations that are happening, including the lives of our children. So for anybody who uh, has children, actually for anybody anywhere, this will be worth hearing. But in particular, if you have kids, I'd really like to request that you uh, give it a listen and uh, listen to my interview with Joseph Chilton Pierce next week. It will be something that really opens your eyes, I'm sure, to a lot of different things. And he's an amazing man, and we had a great conversation. So we'll be talking... Uh, we'll actually be airing that interview next weekend, week from tonight. Joseph Chilton Pierce on Radio Orbit. That will be on October 24th. And the, uh, the following week, we'll have Kent Stedman back on the show. For those people who are regular listeners, you know Kent's on the program once a month or so. And uh, we're going to do a special Halloween show which will be a total blast. Doing that show with Kent will be fun. We're going to do a show on death, and it should be really fun. So we'll have an interesting program set up for you guys on Halloween night. Might open the phones up that night, too, and have some people call in. I might actually have uh, Phyllis Galdi from Fate Magazine. She might join us on the phones for a while. And we're just going to sort of have a little free-for-all Halloween party in a couple weeks with Kent Stedman and uh, myself and uh, anybody else who we decide to bring in on the Bring in on the fun. So that's coming up in a couple weeks. After that, Dennis McKenna. Can't believe it. Finally getting a chance to talk to Dennis. Him and I are going to be uh, talking on the on the phone, doing the interview next Friday. That's the 20th. Uh, again, uh, Dennis wasn't available to do the show live, but he will tape an interview, and I'll air it in a couple of weeks, and that will be well worth listening to. Anybody that are familiar with the McKenna brothers, Dennis and Terrence McKenna, both doing groundbreaking work for the last 35 years in the areas of consciousness and hallucinogenic plants and uh, the effects of hallucinogenics on the human mind-brain system and uh, the uh, concepts of shamanism and schizophrenia and lots of different things that are tied into this subject but uh, a lot of what you've heard a lot of what you learned has been information that's probably not fully valid and uh, Dennis McKenna currently the uh, 
chief executive officer and the founder of the Hefter Institute. Uh, Hefter is one of the few organizations in the world that is still legally doing LSD studies and uh, studies with other hallucinogenic substances which uh, are used in the case of uh, Dennis in the case of um, the research that Dennis and Terrence have done Terrence of course is dead uh, Terrence died a few years ago but Dennis carrying on some of the great work uh, is used to benefit the human being not to harm the human being and uh, like all things there's a duality and certainly some of these substances if used in a manner that is not responsible and not intelligent can cause harm but certainly the opposite is also true used with wisdom and with intelligence and with good intention the substances uh, substances can actually uh, assist human beings so we'll be talking with Terence McKenna or with uh, Dennis McKenna about all this stuff and more in just a few weeks. Uh, I've got to uh, be talking to a guy whose name is William Lynn. Now I haven't actually set this up yet, but the guy's name is William Lynn, and he's written a number of books about free energy, and he certainly has a conspiracy bent to his uh, to his ideas and his theories. I certainly have believed for a long time that there are alternative real uh, real true to life alternative clean renewable energy sources that have been around and have existed for a long long time uh, but have been suppressed or hidden kept away from the public kept out of the uh, out of the marketplace because of well primarily because of power and greed and I've believed that for a long, long time, and I think there's evidence to support that. You can go back over a hundred years ago and look at the work of Nikola Tesla and the, the work of Wilhelm Reich. Those two gentlemen alone in the early 1900s uh, should be enough to convince you that at least certain parts of the investigation into free energy have validity in scientific fact and have so for over a hundred years so we'll be talking to William Lynn about free energy and about the conspiracy to keep it hidden and uh, keep it out of the public domain and of course this is a critical time to be talking about this as some of you may or may not be familiar the idea and the term peak oil is something that's becoming more and more on the radar and more and more talked about in the news and peak oil is something that is directly related to these ideas of alternative and free energy because if free energy were the means to avail ourselves or create free energy for ourselves and for our brothers and sisters on the planet if that technology if those technologies really do exist well then peak oil is a joke and peak oil doesn't mean anything Peak oil is just another way to keep people believing that they're dependent and keep them in that flight-or-fight survivalist mentality that keeps us working from the lowest centers of our brain and the most, uh, the most primitive of our behaviors. 
the powers that be, in my opinion, like to keep us there. They like to keep us in those lower evolutionary centers of our brain because that way we don't use our higher functions and we don't evolve ourselves and we get stuck in these stuck in these ruts that we seem to be stuck in right now and really interesting when you start to look deeply into these ideas take them or leave them whether you actually believe in these sorts of things or or if you don't the investigation is pretty interesting regardless uh, depending on which side that you come from and I've always been a person that said uh, believe what you will and come to your own conclusions about all this stuff but do not discount out of hand do not discount and make decisions without doing your own investigation without doing some research on your own first and then making your own decision once you've read information and availed yourself to information from all sides of the topic that it is that you're interested in free energy is one of those and uh, control is another one and the two are intricately related in my opinion energy is the one thing that is required for human beings to self-sustain and if you have all the energy you need and it doesn't cost you money you don't have to rent it that's kind of the way I look at uh, electricity for example you pay a monthly electricity bill and every month that bill comes and depending on how much you use you have to pay for it as the winter time approaches now I'm seeing it myself in my own electric bills as uh, we're already starting to have sort of a cool winter October has already been pretty chilly and I know that my electrical bill is going up as we speak well in the current paradigm there's literally not much I can do about that I have to pay for it and it's sort of like a rental thing every month you just rent it and you make that rental payment but what if you could own your energy what if you could own your energy and you didn't have to rent it now the more you think about that the implications become pretty profound because what happens is that over uh, a short period of time if you so desire and if you decide to take the responsibility of your own life and your own uh, well-being if you decide to take that bull by the horns and you have free energy of which you own and can generate or avail yourself to without paying for it well all of a sudden you become free and in the true sense of the word free where you don't have to do anything except that what you uh, that what you want you can take care of things in your own way you can build things you can invent things you can grow things and you don't need anybody's help to do it so energy really is the foundation of freedom because when you have free energy you are not required to get energy from anywhere else and you can do your own thing so so free energy is one of these things that I think is very important and I think especially now with peak oil and uh, the control that uh, that uh, energy in the hands of corporations and individuals uh, who have to give or share that energy with other people um, that really puts really 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 builds an incredible situation of control and I'm all about getting out of that control and I think that we have way 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 too much control in this country and on this planet and I believe in individualism and individualism does not believe in control 
or controlling others. And right now, the name of the game in this country is how do we control others? And they start right here at home by controlling you and controlling me or doing everything in their power to do so. So we're going to be talking about free energy over the next few months. I might, I might do a, more than one show on it because it is so important. And I'm going to be talking to people that are probably going to put ideas out there that sound uh, nutty or crazy, and some of them very well may be. But uh, others may be valid and may be verifiable. So we'll be talking to William Lynn about that uh, coming up in the next few weeks. It's interesting because I posted the way this, ho- the way this whole thing started. And uh, excuse me just a moment here. I have a little bit of a cold, and I just coughed really loudly into the microphone, so I wanted to shut down the mic for a second so I didn't blast all your ears out with my, with my cough. In any case, uh, there's a, a little website here in Columbia, and some of you people may be familiar with it. It's called comomusic.com. There's a free plug for the people over there at Como. But anyway, I hang out there once in a while, and I post stories and things that I find interesting over there on Como. And I posted an article uh, from Venezuela uh, from a Dr. Franz Lee who was talking about free energy, and I posted that article. And William Lynn was quoted in that article in a book that he wrote about uh, the uh, energy and um, potential that's in, included in what he calls the ether. And uh, this is an old science, the science of the ether, that has been discounted by mainstream science for many, many years. But in my opinion, the ether is real, and the potential of energy inside the ether and inside the vacuum is real as well. Um, In any case, I posted an article that talked about some of this stuff and uh, elucidated... um, some interesting comments from some of the members over there, and and in particular one gentleman who was uh, um, uh, uh, a scientific sort, um, and he uh, was very quick to uh, point out that everything that was written in this article was hocus-pocus. And uh, I decided, well, heck, I'll call William Lynn myself, and I'll get him on the air, and then if anybody wants to confront him or challenge him on any of these things you're more than welcome to do so and you can ask him the question yourself so anybody out there who's listening and you're interested in this stuff we will be talking a lot about free energy and um, what the true nature and the reality of these things uh, what the reality of these things are these days and how we can actually figure out what's really going on and uh, start to bring these things into our lives to benefit ourselves and to bring freedom to ourselves and to uh, to the rest of the human race because it's critical actually uh, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's critical okay um, who else coming up uh, Michael Heisen Michael Heisen is a PhD biologist and marine biologist who works in Hawaii and his life's work has been devoted to the study and investigation of intelligence in cetaceans Dolphins and orca whales. And we're going to be talking about dolphins and orcas and their intelligence and their species and the abilities that dolphins have, uh, that dolphins have to communicate and to actually interact with human beings and even to heal, in certain cases, illnesses. And this is, again, not hocus pocus. Dr. Michael Heisen is a PhD biologist 
who's been studying this stuff for many years and documenting the evidence that he has uncovered. He comes from a great line of researchers studying the intelligence and the sentience of cetacean beings, dolphins and orcas. And uh, John Lilly, of course, the incredible scientist, Dr. John C. Lilly, who passed away in the year 2000, was a mentor of Michael Heisen, and if you've never read any John Lilly, uh, you really need to. It will open your mind to the possibilities of some of the things that Michael Heisen will be talking about in reality in just a few weeks. John Lilly, uh, in particular, if you're looking for something good, look at uh, uh, a book called The Center of the Cyclone. Incredible, incredible stuff by Dr. John Lilly. And unfortunately, Dr. John Lilly is no longer with us, but uh, uh, people who have followed in his footsteps, like Michael Heisen, uh, will be talking to you guys and talking to me in just a couple of weeks here, and it's going to be a great conversation. There's going to be a woman with Michael Heisen on the air whose name is Paradise, and Paradise actually had a birth um, not too long ago, right there on the beach, uh, in the water, actually, in Hawaii and gave birth to her daughter in the company of 300 dolphins. Now these are dolphins that are in the wild, okay? They're not trained. And Paradise's daughter was was born in the water and these 300 dolphins were there to participate in the event and to uh, to be a part of it. And it's the coolest coolest thing. I have a giant smile on my face right now as I talk about it. But this is the sort of thing that uh, that is happening on this planet. And there are amazing things that are happening right here uh, that, we don't, uh, that we don't normally think about or talk about. And the dolphin and orca phenomenon is just one of those. We have, we have E.T., extraterrestrial intelligence, right here at home. And uh, they're swimming around in our oceans. And we're doing uh, sometimes... Uh, we're doing a lot of things that um, do not benefit those creatures and those beings by some of the things that we do in the ocean. I have a, I have a major concern with uh, the Navy, and not just the United States na- Navy, the Navy, the navies of many countries around the world that use uh, high technologies in warfare uh, for offensive and defensive um, ideas in warfare and one of those things is called low frequency active sonar LAF I'm sorry LFAS is the acronym for that but low frequency active sonar bombards uh, the environment with incredibly powerful sound waves and these things are very dangerous and then sometimes um, cause the death of these incredible animals that are swimming around there out there in our oceans. And um, anyway, I don't want to talk too much about the negative sides of things, but uh, we have to we have to understand that we have an effect on the other life forms on this planet. And many of those life forms are intelligent and capable of communication. The dolphins is a, is a perfect example, and they are as intelligent as we are, in my opinion, and in many cases much more intelligent. They've been around on this planet for a long, long time um, and existed peacefully and thrived in their environment. They have a family structure. They have 
community. They have a social organization. They are primarily matriarchal in nature. Um, but anyway, incredible stuff that we're going to be talking about with Michael Heisen coming up. So uh, um, I'll I'll um, I'll definitely talk more about uh, more more about this stuff coming up. Now somebody's uh, somebody's calling in, so I'm gonna I'm gonna bring whoever this is on the phone on the air here in just a second. So uh, let's see if we can get these guys on the air here. Good evening. You're in orbit. You there? Yeah. Hi. Who's this? Yeah, this is Deborah. Hi, Deborah. How's it going? This is Mike. Um, I was going to ask you if you had gone to see what the bleep do we know at Ragtag. Ah, you know, I haven't, but uh, but I'm very glad that you brought it up because um, I'm planning on going to see it tomorrow afternoon at 4.30, actually. Have you seen it? I saw it, and I invited a very young friend, Dominique, who's uh, been reading lots of physics, and he connected with me on... Uh, free of Capra and some of the others, and I told him this would really open his mind, and he he could really connect with it. He's one of the vibe dancers on Tuesday night at Shattered, but um, I want to see it again. It's something that you should see more than once. Well, you know, uh, Deborah, it's interesting because I've even though I haven't seen the film yet, I've had a number of people talk to me about it, and I've read um, I've read a few things about it, and I think you're exactly right. It, it seems like it's turning into this sort of underground cult phenomenon that uh, um, and people are saying exactly what you're saying that they want to see it five six times that they just can't can't get enough of it yeah it's evidently started back on the west coast but um, I had just last week a couple of weeks ago I had been sharing a book of coppers hidden connections Mm -hmm. with a friend and I told him about the movie I was going to and he should have gone with me so you know it's it's about quantum physics, consciousness, spirituality, and um, I am going to see it again. I don't know. I'm coming in to ride my bike tomorrow. I'm wondering if I've seen you before. Like, you you went to Sound Tribe, Um, and you said you'd been to some of those musical events. Well, yeah, I I have. I um. I you did. had been somewhere that I also attended that same week. I was just it, was didn't it, call in to let you know. But I remember it, you it, talking. Ah, uh, you know, I bet it was the BCR show. Was it the BCR show, maybe? Huh. Well, anyway, I do a lot of that stuff through the radio station. There's lots of different bands and stuff that go through town, and sometimes when the station promotes them, um, I'll, uh, I'll go down to the Blue Note or Mojo's or something like that and hang out and, um, and watch them. But certainly this ragtag thing is a great event, and I agree with Debbie that, uh, or the Deborah that um, I'm not sure. I, Deborah, do you know how long, uh, how long what the bleep do we know is still going to be here in it town? It should be at least till the 20th. Okay, so you've got, you got about a week left. Um, to uh, to check that out and it, it really is supposed to be an incredible movie and uh, and I'm gonna I'm gonna check it out myself tomorrow and in fact maybe that's something that I can talk about in the weeks uh, coming up we might we might talk a little bit about that that movie and in fact Deborah you're giving me an idea maybe I should get a hold of the person who uh, uh, who wrote it or directed it or something see if we can get them on the air okay there's another couple of things I was uh, you were talking about something that before the dolphins it reminded me I was reading I've been reading several books lately and um, Oh, we've been old talking about Kevin's breath, and it's about the natural history of the wind. And it's mm. just really fascinating about how the planet wouldn't even exist without the wind. Something we take for granted, and the spirituality connections with it. You know, the creative forces. The yeah. Breath. And then the other thing is, do you know about the Merkaba stone? Well, do you know all the connections with the eight. I think I asked 
I think I may have said something to you earlier that it the whole mystery and the mystique of the eight that's what my studies are about and the chess and the fact that the pre-dark ages chessboard was round mm -hmm. and like the wheel of the goddess that's how it's set up and um, the Merkaba stone just keeps popping up in all my studies and it goes back it's pre-Jewish mm -hmm. mm -hmm. so it's in Hebrew it's connected with the Ezekiel chariot Mm -hmm. So, do you know anything about that word? I, I know a little bit about Merkaba, and I know a little bit about the sacred geometry involved in it. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, I, I probably wouldn't. Uh, I don't want to speak too, um, too frankly about it because uh, be, my my experience with this stuff is that um, I. It's very serious, I think, and I, and I understand yeah. exactly what you're talking about, and I don't want to misquote when I'm talking about it. I want to know exactly what I'm talking about. But I am certainly familiar with the concepts, yeah. The other book I'm reading along with this is The Way of Melchizedek, which mm -hmm. is mm -hmm. the code that the Christ comes from, which goes right into the Merkaba and which goes into a lot of these other things, the sacred geometry and the chess, the chess is very much in all of this, but this uh, way of Melchizedek kind of focuses on the sun cycles mm -hmm. and astronomy and all the verses in the scriptures that the patriarchs don't pay any attention to. Mm -hmm. So I find he's he's really old-fashioned, and he tries to study history in the Egyptians, but it's through the patriarch's eyes. Right. So he's missing things, mm -hmm. but the details and data that he has in there just pops out to my attention and it's it's really valuable i think his name's thomas cossett but it's kind of quaint but there's something to it he's not just a crackpot right right well really looking for something and it it just by chance it's helping me out so the, those were just a few things i was going to throw at you so. all right well thanks i appreciate it as always and um yeah uh there you know, you you in particular would be really interested in in uh, this guy Dennis McKenna that I'm going to be talking to in a couple of weeks. I don't know if if, if I've read Terrence. I used to pay attention to things, um, uh, noetic sciences mm -hmm. and shamanic thinking. Right. So I'm familiar with some of the names. All right. Well, cool. Yeah. Well, that'll be that'll be an interesting conversation with Dennis. So, anyway, okay, Deborah. Hey, thanks as always for calling and um, uh, stick around. We'll, we got we got some good stuff coming up. And hey. Um, since you're uh, my first caller tonight, I've got a couple of things to give away. I don't know if you're interested in uh, um, any of the stuff I mentioned earlier, but I've got a subscription to Fate Magazine, and I also have um, uh, a CD-ROM that is the entire archives of cyberspaceorbit.com. I think you've heard Kent Stedman on the air with me here before. Yeah, um, I've tried to make my own notes. That might be useful to me. Well, if you're interested, I had some questions to ask him, and I just wasn't able to get to the phone. Well, I tell you what, if um, I have already contributed. I I did my pledge last week. Oh, well, thank you very much. I appreciate that. Um, I tell you what, I'm going to put on some music here because we're at the top of the hour, and I'm going to put you on hold, okay? And uh, and I'll pick up the phone again, and I'll get your address or whatever, and I'll, and I'll send you that, uh, that CD-ROM in the mail, okay? All right. All right, hold on a second. And uh, for everybody else, stick around. This is uh, Radio Orbit, and you're listening to Mike Hagan. It's 3 o'clock in the morning, and this is Machines of Love and Grace on Radio Orbit, KOPN.
Machines of Love and Grace on KOPN Radio Orbit. It's just a little after 3 a.m. and you are listening to KOPN 89.5 FM, Mid-Missouri Source for in-depth news, diverse talk, and music of the world. It's more than radio. It's community radio, and it's also the home for Radio Orbit. Uh, 3 a.m., October 17th. Congratulations to Deborah, and thanks for the call. Deborah just got herself a copy of The Secrets of Everything the entire eight-year archive of cyberspaceorbit.com uh, from Kent Stedman. I'm going to get that in the mail to uh, Deborah this week. So thanks for calling in, Deborah, and thanks for your pledge earlier uh, last week for, uh, uh, for KOPN and for, ra- and for Radio Orbit. Okay, um, I want to give out my email address real fast here for anybody who has questions, comments, concerns. Uh, ideas for future programs, future guests, all those sorts of things. Uh, um, feedback, 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 good, bad, good, bad, or ugly. I need feedback, okay? 
That's what I want. So give me some feedback. And you can email me at orbitradio at AOL.com. That's O-R-B-I-T radio at AOL.com. Orbitradio, AOL.com. Give me an email. Let me know what you think is happening. Also, the website, www.radioorbit.com. R-A-D-I-O-R-B-I-T. Dot com, just one O in the middle there, not two of them, okay? Radioorbit.com, R-A-D-I-O-R-B-I-T.com. You can check out um, uh, links to some interesting stuff there at the website, and you can also go to the archives and listen to any of the past programs anytime, anywhere on the planet, okay? I do that for you because I know a lot of people can't stay up all night and listen to the entire program, and there are also a number of people outside of our listening area that also like to listen to the show. So for you guys, uh, www.radioorbit.com. The phone number here in the studio, it is open lines tonight. Give me a call, 443-8255, area code 573-443-TALK. And uh, you can also call, uh, if you don't want to get on the air and you just got, uh, got something you need to know, call me at 573-874-5676 or 1-800-895-5676 if you're outside of the 573 area code. All right? All right, cool. Uh, Let's see. Here's an interesting story. Sleepwalking woman has sex with strangers. Hmm. All right, let's see what this one's about here. October 4th from New Scientist. Sleep medicine experts have successfully treated a rare case of a woman having sex with strangers while sleepwalking. The behavior had disrupted the lives of the woman and her partner. Yeah, no kidding. At night while asleep, the middle-aged sleepwalker who lives in Australia and cannot be identified... No, yeah, for reasons of confidentiality, I'm sure. She left her house and had sexual intercourse with strangers. The behavior continued for several months, and the woman had no memory of her nocturnal activities. Circumstantial evidence such as condoms found scattered around the house alerted the couple to the problem. (laughs) I, I imagine. On one occasion, her partner awoke to find her missing. He went searching for her and found her engaged in the sex act. Incredulity is the leading player in cases like this, says Peter Buchanan, the sleep physician at the Woodcock. <laughs> I take that back, not Woodcock. The Woolcock Institute of Medical Research in Sydney, who handled the case, but a combination of factors convinced him that the case was real and it was a sleepwalking phenomenon, including the distress of the couple and the in depth clinical evaluation. Wow. I don't know if I. Uh, what a great excuse, huh? Sorry, honey. I. I was just sleepwalking, you know? Give me a break. It's actually very funny. I don't know if any of you sleepwalk or sleep talk. This, uh, let, me, let me further uh, go into this article a little bit. Uh, during that evaluation, the patient was assessed by psychiatrists and checked for physical problems such as brain tumors, which may cause unusual behavior. Neither of, those, neither of those examinations could find a cause. However, she was found to have a history of talking in her sleep as a teenager, and when monitored in the sleep lab, she was found to have a higher number of arousals from deep sleep than is usual. Both of these factors may indicate a susceptibility to abnormal sleep behavior. Um, my wife is a sleep talker, and it's actually one of the funniest things that you've ever seen because it always happens, it, it typically happens in the middle of the night, and I'm usually asleep. And um, uh, if I'm asleep, when I wake up here and her talking, I just... You know, I just woke up, so I'm, I assume that she's awake as well. So usually, every time this happens, um, 
initially when my wife is sleep talking I'm assuming that she's rational and lucid and awake but usually she's not and she says the funniest things to me sometimes in her sleep and then um, it usually takes me a few minutes to figure out that she's that she's not awake and I'm always like what what are you talking about you know um, anyway sleep talking it can be very funny and I know it's serious too I guess if if she got up and left our bed and started going around having sex with other people I might uh, not be giggling as much as I am about the sleep talking but a pretty interesting phenomenon uh, one way or the other now here's another one there are some extraordinary cases of sleepwalkers leaving their homes driving cars or engaging in behaviors that they would not usually, yeah, I guess. In 1987, Ken Parks drove 23 kilometers from his home in Pickering, Ontario, to his in-laws' house. <laughs> where, I'm sorry, I'm just reading this for the first time. Where he strangled his father-in-law into unconsciousness and stabbed his mother-in-law to death. And I apologize for laughing. I shouldn't laugh. I just couldn't believe what I was reading there at first. He was acquitted of murder because he was sleepwalking at the time. Wow, there's another. This, this, this trumps the uh, insanity defense all day, man. Uh, people in a state of automatism don't have access to their full range of beliefs and desires. So it seems justifiable to excuse them, says Neil Levy of the Center for Applied Philosophy and Public Ethics at the University of Melbourne. That's in, in Australia. Sleepwalking is often triggered by stress. And this may have been the case with the Sydney woman, says Buchanan. She stopped her nighttime excursions after psychiatric counseling. Drugs, you know, of course, then you got to drug her. And that's always the solution, isn't it? Just pump them full of drugs. Anyway, uh, any type of sleepwalking is rare. It, occur it occurs in about 3% of children and young adolescents and about five percent and about uh, one half of one percent of adults it usually involves little more than walking around in a fairly purposeful way while asleep although sleepwalkers may la may lash out if awoken sort of the idea of the don't don't kick a sleeping dog sort of thing so anyway all this stuff was presented at a sleep conference that was held in sydney on friday uh, so i just thought that was kind of interesting and i would i would relay that to you um, I have uh, a couple of other things to talk about. Um, Mount St. Helens, I wanted to do an update on Mount St. Helens. A couple of weeks ago, we were talking about Mount St. Helens has been burping and belching gas and uh, um, uh, kicking a bunch of ash up into the air and all kinds of things. By the way, uh, the phone number here again is 443-8255. Somebody was just calling and you hung up. Uh, you're welcome to call back, and I'll get you back on the air here. Anybody else, same thing, 573-443-8255. we got open phone lines tonight. If you just want to call in and chat, let me know what's on your mind, and I'd uh, be glad to talk to you tonight on Radio Orbit. Um, in any case, Mount St. Helens uh, is still very active. We're seeing all kinds of geologic activity around the, uh, around the mountain, earthquakes, tremors, uh, the uh, the dome, what we call the lava dome, continues to rise. So something is very serious going on there, and and uh, we have to sort of assume that an imminent uh, eruption is uh, is on the horizon here. Now, how serious will it be? There's been lots and lots of speculation, but of course, the bottom line is you just don't know. You just don't know, and uh, so we just just have to keep our eyes in on it and uh, and say a prayer that uh, that nothing. Nothing too bad happens, and that there's no loss of life, and and that uh, um, 
and that the earth can uh, can do her thing and relieve her pressure do whatever it is she needs to do without without any catastrophic um, uh, manifestations of that so anyway we will be watching Mount St. Helens there's been lots of interesting uh, earthquake activity and um, volcanic activity over the last few weeks uh, there was actually just a, a 7.0 earthquake in Taiwan um, which uh, which happened um, yesterday and that's a big earthquake and although there wasn't uh, any significant reports of damage or whatever uh, still regardless something to take uh, to take note of also an, an earthquake over on the Iraq border one of the borders of Iraq <coughs> pardon me there's that cold kicking in again and um, uh, so there are earthquakes and, vul and volcanism happening all over the planet right now and lots of intense increasing activity so I just wanted to bring you guys up to date on that you can go to uh, radioorbit.com and I've got a link to a couple of the volcanism websites that are following this uh, following this a lot closer so uh, so if you're interested in what's happening in the volcanoes and earthquake activity, you can go to the website and check that out, too. You can also always go to um, uh, cyberspaceorbit.com, and uh, Kent always has a pretty good handle on these things as they're going on. Speaking of cyberspace orbit, Kent will be on in a couple weeks, but um, there's something that uh, him and I have been talking about over the last few days, and it is uh, uh, political in nature, I guess, um, and it has to do with the elections coming up. And I've been watching the debates and um, some of the other, reading a lot of the articles, the political, geopolitical articles that are in the news and on the web. And I usually stay relatively well informed in that stuff, although I do think that the political thing is sort of a circus sideshow at this point. I don't think that it's as relevant as, relevant as some of the other things that are happening on the planet sort of a diversion to keep our attention away from some of these more important things actually sometimes I think but in any case uh, um, while watching the debates um, between the two primary presidential candidates Mr. Bush and Mr. Kerry the the one thing that just keeps coming to mind is that these two gentlemen are very it's very difficult for me at least to find differences between them um, uh, it, of course the pundits uh, on the left and the right um, can easily and always make the other guy into the complete antithesis of their guy but when you scrape away the surface and all the BS bottom line is that these two guys are very similar they're both uh, men that have a lot of money that are disconnected in my opinion from the uh, sort of on the ground everyday life of what it means to be a human being on this planet. They both uh, come from sort of establishment, blue blood lineages and backgrounds. They both support the UN, even though uh, Bush doesn't do it quite as overtly as Kerry. They're both collectivists, which doesn't uh, which has nothing to do with Democrats or Republicans. It has to do with collectivism, which basically is the opposite of individualism. And um, they both support the ongoing military adventure in Iraq 
and in Afghanistan. They both support the continuation of the so-called war on terror, which is more like a war of terror in this broadcaster's opinion. Um, and deeper still, they both are members of an occult secret society, a very powerful one, called the Skull and Bones, the Order of Skull and Bones, which is an organization that has existed at Yale University for nearly a hundred years. And uh, the discussion of the Skull and Bones membership of both of these men is something that has not been taken seriously by the mainstream, uh, by the mainstream news reporters. It has not been covered nearly to the extent that it should be. Anytime a person in public office is a member of another organization to which he has taken an oath, a serious oath, um, I believe that that's something that should be discussed in the public realm to find out exactly what that oath was and uh, what the oath means and how it relates to the oath that they take when they accept the position in the public sector, when you take the position of president or congressman or senator, you take an oath to support the Constitution of the United States of America and to do a number of other things. So these oaths are um, important. And uh, when you join the Skull and Bones organization, you take an oath. And that oath is for life. And it subverts and overshadows any other oath that you may have taken before you've taken that particular oath and any oath that you may take afterwards and um, there is a historical precedent for the individuals that come out of this particular organization and um, I just think that it's something that people should be aware of so if you're interested in the skull and bones and what that has to do with the presidential election this year. And, for, and, uh, and, and a little advice to the left, if you're out there, if you're a liberal and you plan on voting for John Kerry, or if you're on the right and you plan on voting for John Bush or for, for uh, George Bush, <laughs> that's funny, they really are not that different. But um, educate yourself on skull and bones and then try to decide if, what you, if the vote that you're casting really is going to make any difference. Um, if bringing John Kerry into office really is going to change things. Um, in my opinion, it will change nothing. And the agenda will roll along. And we will see um, an extension and an increase in the, uh, the so-called war on terror. You will also see an increase on the war in the war on personal liber liberties, the war on personal freedom, the war on individualism and that's what this really is it is a war against individualism and that's what collectivism is and all these guys are collectivists every one of them so check it out if you want to learn more about the bonesmen and we got a couple of bonesmen running for president they got the deck stacked this year uh, check it out go to cyberspaceorbit.com Swing all the way to the bottom of the front page, all the way to the bottom of the, of the home page there, cyberspaceorbit.com. And right at the bottom, you'll see an arrow. And uh, next to that arrow, you will see the word, or the word, uh, little words that say, Bebop with the Bonesman. 
So if you want to learn a little bit about this and learn the history of it and uh, uh, what's really going on, um, check out Bebop with the Bonesman down at the bottom of Kent, we- uh, Kent Stedman's website, cyberspaceorbit.com. Okay? So uh, that's what I think about the political stuff. I'm not going to talk too much about it. I will talk a few, more, uh, a few more times over the next weeks coming up to the election about Skull and Bones, only because I'm interested in it from a conspiracy uh, point of view. And uh, I'm not going to talk about who I'm going to vote for or, or who you should vote for. I just want you to, uh, to do a good amount of research, uh, in-depth research, on whoever the candidate is that you intend to vote for. And by in-depth research, I mean turn off the television, get on the web, go buy uh, some books, and, uh, um, and try to find out what some of these gentlemen uh, are really up to, okay? Uh, we'll be back in a minute. This is Mike Hagan. You're listening to Radio Orbit on KOPN, and uh, you're also listening to the Smashing Pumpkins. And this is Disarm.
Smashing Pumpkins. That's from uh, Siamese Dream. Disarm on Radio Orbit, KOPN. It's 325 on uh, October the 17th. This is Mike Hagan, as always, on Radio Orbit from 2 a.m. to 5 a.m. on Sunday mornings. Coming up in an hour and a half after me is Carol Greenspan with Jewish Spectrum playing some beautiful music for you, as always, from 5 o'clock until 7 o'clock on Sunday morning. So stick around and listen to Carol's show after, uh, after I finish up here in an hour and a half. As I, um, as I, as I mentioned, uh, well, actually, before I get back into my ranting and raving, um, let me give the phone number out again. It is uh, 443-8255 if you want to call and get on the air here with me and talk about anything that might be on your mind tonight. That's uh, area code 573-443-TALK, 443-8255. Give me a call. Let me know what's on your mind. I um, mentioned earlier, we were talking a little bit about skull and bones and about the political environment, the political atmosphere that's sort of hanging over the country right now and the presidential elections coming up only a few weeks away now, November 2nd. And uh, what does it all mean? What's well, interesting, I was, I was uh, traveling over the last uh, week. Uh, that's why I wasn't here last week to do the show. In any case, I was uh, kind of all around the Midwest and then down in the Southeast a little bit. I was in Chicago. I was in Ohio. I was in South Carolina. And uh, I met a bunch of different people. I traveled uh, in the automobile, and I traveled on airplanes, so I got to see sort of uh, a nice little chunk of what's going on around the country and got a feel for things like homeland security and uh, uh, some uh, some other things. So I might talk about that a little bit. Uh, it's in- it's always interesting because you get, you get you know if when you talk to people outside of your own region and also outside of your own uh, sort of circle, um, it's interesting to see. Uh, What's on their minds and what uh, what other people are thinking and what they um, find interesting and important right now as uh, as compared to what you find important. So, and I I tend to find things uh, a little bit differently than most people anyway. So for me, uh, I'm sort of a people watcher and I love to talk to different people and I approach people all the time uh, that I don't know um, and uh, strike up conversations. And uh, in any case, I did that during my trip and had some very interesting conversations, some of which I will relate to you now and uh, let you know what I think that I saw as I was traveling around the country with regard to some of this stuff. First of all, um, I will talk about some of the negative things that I saw, some of the things that were frustrating to me. And in general, or in particular and in general, the one thing that I saw that overwhelmingly blew me away, um, uh, primarily with the men that I ran into and that I talked to, um, was just a lack of a lack of interest in general. Um, about almost everything. It was really strange, actually, to me. Um, uh, I don't know if, if if this was the first time that I've been more aware of it, or if it's something that is a um, a phenomenon that's uh, that's just happening now over the last year or so, which I, I kind of doubt. I think it's probably something that's been increasing um, over time, and maybe my perception to it is just a little bit more keen um, right now. In any case... Uh, that's really what I saw was that um, men 
just didn't want to talk about anything. The primary interest was uh, the fantasy football scores um, and what was going on on the, uh, the sports channels. And um, and maybe going to uh, uh, to a so-called gentleman's club, you know, to to go look at naked girls. Now, don't get me wrong; I enjoy watching the Cardinals win as much as anybody, and I enjoy the uh, the pleasing aesthetics of the female form as well. But I do not let those things uh, completely dominate and organize my life. I'm, inter- I'm interested in many, many other things. And um, I just thought that it was really, uh, really strange to find uh, that most of the guys that I talked to really couldn't have cared less about anything. They weren't too interested in talking about politics. Most of them had already made up their mind. They, they were either uh, fully supportive of the Bush administration and... Uh, or fully uh, against the Bush administration and fully uh, backing John Kerry. Um, But other than that, really not too involved. Didn't know a whole lot about the history of either one of those particular men. Um, Didn't know a whole lot about uh, the history of the institutions that both of them them support, namely the United Nations, a collectivist organization that's, that's goal is... One of whose goal is one of many, but one of uh, one certainly to destroy the sovereignty of the United States of America and to eliminate the United States Constitution, uh, which is about the one thing that stands between uh, us and them. And uh, without without going into great detail, let me just put it like this: the United States Constitution makes it very clear that every human being is endowed with un inalienable rights not unalienable inalienable rights that cannot be taken away they are granted by the creator and if you don't believe in God or you don't believe in a creator they are granted to an individual simply by being born simply by being a human being these rights are inherent innate they come with okay and that's what the US Constitution talks about the United Nations Charter, for example, it doesn't take you long to find out uh, what's going on behind the curtain because one of the first things they state uh, when they talk about human rights and the rights of the individual, they say, these rights granted by the state, granted by the state, and when something is granted by the state, it can be taken away by the state. And that's one of the primary driving ideals of collectivism and uh, that's why these guys are so dangerous and that's why the UN as an organization is dangerous and all the people that have uh, been trying to uh, um, develop and uh, create this one world collectivist society for many years a lot of those people are still in place and a lot of them are pulling strings behind the scenes today and um, 
it's a very serious situation in my opinion. So in any case, uh, back to my uh, back to my travels around the country, I saw a lot of guys that just really weren't into it and um, couldn't have cared less about really what was going on. It was almost they had just resigned themselves uh, to the fact that it it is what it is and uh, just uh, talk about sleepwalking. We just did a story about sleepwalking. Um, a few minutes ago, and that's what I felt like. I felt like I was, I was, this one guy that was walking around amongst a bunch of sleepwalkers, and it was really frustrating to me. So, uh, that's what I saw, though, and I saw it everywhere I went, and I saw it in airports, and I saw it on airplanes, and I saw it on golf courses, and in bars, and in offices, and boardrooms, and I hear it on the news. And I see it on the television, although I don't watch much TV, and I suggest that you don't either. Um, it's out there. And uh, my advice to you is to do what you can to wake up out of that sleepwalk and get involved and live your life because it's an amazing time to be alive. And there's some incredible things that are happening, incredibly good things, just like there are some incredibly nasty things happening. There's, there's a duality in life that we, uh, that we experience here. And I'd like to invite all of you to wake up out of your slumber and uh, enjoy that duality of life and whatever it does bring, both the good and the bad, and do your best to try to, uh, try to, try to help, um, help others along in this interesting time, okay? Anyway, uh, what else going on? Oh, well, now the other thing was that uh, it was pretty interesting to see the women. And I talked to women, um, the ladies seemed to be a little bit more uh, um, the opposite of what we're of, of what I was just talking the women are very involved right now and very very interested in what's going on um, and I think that uh, there are a lot of girls out there that have a true desire to learn more about stuff that they um, uh, at least in recent history uh, haven't had that much of a desire to get involved with and I mean sort of uh, on a level deeper than, than I've seen before. Uh, Deborah, who just called in a little while ago, was talking about some sort of esoteric ideas that, um, uh, that, that, that I'm interested, interested in, in as well. Um, but those, for the most part, have been um, considered fringe ideas and things like that. Well, you know, I'm seeing that a lot, a lot more women are getting interested in uh, in those sorts of things. Um, they're getting interested in the political stuff as well. They're getting interested in what's happening in their country. And that, and, and uh, not, not that women weren't always interested in that, in that sort of stuff. I don't mean to discount uh, any of that. Um, I guess what I'm trying to say, though, is I, I just saw a, a significant difference between the way women are looking at things these days and the way men are looking at them. It seems that women are just much more open-minded right now, much more uh, investigative and curious and uh, um, um, really seem to want to know more about what's happening in their world right now. And that has to do with politics as well as lots of other stuff like Deborah was talking about earlier. So, um, so hats off to all you ladies. We need your help more than ever right now because um, for the most part, the men are running the show. And uh, we need a little bit of that feminine, uh, that divine feminine to help, uh, to help balance out and temper the masculine intellect that is uh, so endangering our entire 
species in our entire planet right now. So anyway, um, that's what uh, Radio Orbit is all about. We like to push the envelope a little bit and talk about stuff that uh, might not be getting a whole lot of attention in the mainstream. And we do that every week on this program. And tonight's no different. And tonight I want you to share your ideas and your comments and your questions. So give me a call here on the air, area code 573-443-8255 if you've got anything interesting to say. And um, I'll get you on the air and give you your 15 seconds. And you can let all the people out here in Columbia and the surrounding area uh, know what's on your mind. We'll be back in a minute. This is Dada from Puzzle on KOPN Radio Orbit.
there i told you a little bit earlier we're having some trouble with the cd player but that's the way it goes that's uh dada from puzzle on radio orbit this is mike hagan it's about 3:45 in the a.m on october 17th sunday morning and you're listening to radio orbit on k-o-p-n now uh let's see what else did i want to talk to you all about i told you that i was uh i've been traveling uh for the last week or so and seen some interesting things on my travels around there around the country and um, had a good time while I was gone as well but it's good to be back here and good to be back on the radio and uh, got some great uh, great guests lined up coming up for the next couple of weeks so I hope you guys will be sticking around and uh, coming back next week listen to Joseph Chilton Pierce and uh, Dennis McKenna coming up Michael Heisen Dr. Michael Heisen oh boy lots of other uh, interesting people coming up too so uh, so hope you'll be around for that. If you want to give me a call, we'll talk tonight. Area code 573-443-8255. That's uh, 573-443-8255 if you want to call in and talk to me on the air tonight. Also, uh, if you want to send me an email, you can always do that at orbitradio, O-R-B-I-T radio at AOL.com. Or you can check us out at the web on uh, the web at www.radioorbit.com radioorbit.com r-a-d-i-o-r-b-i-t dot com just one o there alright okay um, we talked about the bonesmen we talked about the elections we talked about traveling and uh, you know I didn't talk about air, airport security but it was pretty funny actually um I just think it's a joke. I mean, the whole thing just cracks me up. Actually, I I went to um, I actually went to Europe shortly after 9/11. I went there on the 22nd of September in uh, in 2001. Just 11 days. After, actually, I take it back. I went on the 23rd, but um, 12 days after the uh, after the Trade Center events of September 11th and 2001. I went to Europe and I flew into Paris. And I was blown away when I got to Paris about what a joke the security was um, just uh, just 10 days after the events of 9-11. Um, not that security isn't always a joke in many of the European airports, um, but no, no, no bigger of a joke than it is here in the American airports. The only difference here is that, is that the, uh, the PR is just a little bit better and um, the... Uh, Everything's about image, you know. Everything's about perception, and uh, the image of safety and security at the airports is something that is portrayed very well here. Even though it's a total clown show when you actually get into those situations, but um, I totally saw that when I was traveling last week. I mean, it's just like a total joke. I wish I would. I wish I was a comedian and uh, could do a a stand up uh, a stand up show on on airport security. I mean, it's just. It, it's it's literally starting to remind me of like Saturday Night Live skits, and um, in fact the whole 
the whole national uh, the whole national scene right now is like some some bizarre Saturday Night Live skit. Unfortunately, it's uh, it's all too real. But the pendulum swings, if you know what I mean. So uh, we'll just have to see where it goes. But anyway, airport security was a joke, even though uh, they made me take my shoes off. I have a thing now when I go to the airport, I make sure that I wear like um, before I fly, I'll, I'll for about a week. I wear the same pair of socks, and uh, then when I fly, I make sure I put those socks back on so they smell really nice. And then when those clowns make me take my shoes off and um, make sure that I'm not going to blow up the plane uh, with my shoes, then they at least get to get a nice whiff there. Anyway, uh, what else is happening here? Speaking of the UN, we spoke we spoke about the UN. Um, just uh, I was kind of going on a rant about them just a few minutes ago, and I want to talk a little bit more about the UN and uh, Agenda 21. What's called the UN Agenda 21 just sort of came uh, on my radar yesterday. I've heard about it before, but just started thinking a little bit more seriously about it in the last couple of days. And my friend Kent and I have been talking about it, and I'm going to talk about that in a few minutes here. Uh, we got the top of the hour coming up at 4 o'clock. Carol Greenspan with uh, Jewish Spectrum coming up at 5. And I'm going to be playing a little bit more music uh, for the next hour and 15 minutes because I don't have a whole lot uh, um, set up to talk about. I can always just talk and talk and talk because that's sort of what I do. You know, there is one thing I want to talk about, and it's just a total personal issue that's just driving me nuts. We have these mice in my house now, right? And it's... Uh, um, we live sort of in the country. We live out in Rocheport, and um, our house is on a piece of property that uh, is sort of heavily wooded, and we have a lot of critters running around and things like that, um, which I actually love. I love being out there um, in nature, being a part of nature, and getting to see all the things that um, that nature <laughs> provides for our benefit and for our entertainment and for um, for uh, uh, for our lives and anyway like I say we have lots of critters running around there and um, these these mice are amazing they're the smartest little guys they're just the smartest little creatures and uh, I, I just do not know how to stop them they find their way in somehow I don't know how they get in and they set up shop in the funniest places and uh, they just make themselves at home in my house and I've been trying all kinds of different methods to get rid of them and originally uh, with great uh, good intention uh, not wanting to harm any of these little guys I just wanted to catch them and let them go and say hey okay this is my place this is where I live and you go live in your place unfortunately um, they don't particularly agree with my line of logic and uh, they like to come back, and so I uh, admittedly have been using uh, mouse traps and trying to catch these little buggers. And man, I tell you what, they are—they are crafty. They—I don't know how they do it, but I'll put peanut butter on these uh, on the you know the mouse trap and set the mouse trap. And the mouse trap, you know, sometimes when I set them down on the floor, they actually will will spring. Just by setting them down, and I try to set them down real easily, you know, and um, and they'll actually smack, trigger themselves, you know, just by setting them down. Um, yet these little mice can somehow come up to these things in the middle of the night or whenever, and somehow 
nibble off all of the uh, peanut butter that's on the trap and somehow do it without springing the trap. So I don't know how they do it, but they must be, they must just like sit there for hours on end and just lick it or something very softly because some, there's not enough force is being applied to trigger the trap. Um, only once in a while will I actually catch one. Um, and uh, it it's, it's just blow, blows me away. So the whole idea of the better mousetrap is something that's just cracking me up right now. So if anybody has any ideas on a better mousetrap, um, please email me at orbitradio at AOL.com and uh, help me out because they're really really pushing my patience these little guys and now now it's uh, it's getting cold out so now they really want to come into the house uh, because it's nice and warm and I don't blame them so anyway trying to resolve the situation at the Hagen household and um, I don't know we'll come back and talk a little bit more about some other stuff in a few minutes this is Mike Hagen you're listening to Radio Orbit on KOPN and this is Space Hog from Resident Alien
Hog Zeros from Resident Alien on Radio Orbit KOPN. It's just about four o'clock in the morning. You're listening to Radio Orbit on KOPN 89.5 FM, Mid Missouri source for in-depth news, diverse talk, music of the world. It's more than radio. It's community radio, and it's KOPN Columbia, Shamrock, Speed. Easley, Inglewood, Huntsville, Huntsdale, Clark, Centralia, Holt Summit, Moberly, Versailles, wherever sales, and lots of other points around mid-Missouri. Thanks for sticking around with me. It's 4 o'clock in the morning. i got one more hour to go here on Radio Orbit, and then I'll be turning it over to uh, Carol Greenspan for Jewish Spectrum in just about an hour or so, and you can listen to some nice music every Sunday morning with Carol. And... Um, well, what were we talking about? I told you I wanted to talk about Agenda 21, UN Agenda 21. This is something that, uh, as I said previously, oh, by the way, uh, the phone number 
573-443-8255 if you want to call in and uh, talk about anything. I'd be glad to talk to you tonight. We're having an open phone lines and I've uh, had just Deborah call in tonight. Anybody else, if you'd like to get on the air, now's your chance. I'll do this once in a while. And um, But it doesn't seem like we've got too many people interested in calling in tonight, so I'm just going to keep going on my own my own uh, my own voice alone here, okay? Anyway, Agenda 21. This is something that has come onto the radar screen of myself and a friend of mine in the last couple of days, and I want to talk about it a little bit. Agenda 21 is a uh, UN, United Nations proposal. Not a proposal, but it's actually a uh, um, an existing... Uh, what's the word? Um, well, it is a... Uh, uh, an operational policy at the United Nations, okay? So my friend Kent got an email from a guy. It basically said, uh, um, said that uh, there are many strange things going on these days, and Agenda 21 seems to be a common item that nobody wants to talk about. Agenda 21, by their own writings, is real, but the amount of double talk and hidden meaning is unreal. And... Uh, uh, Kent uh, and I were talking about this, and he said, you know, for some years that he's been hearing about, and both of us, you know, been hearing about drastic sort of environmental takeovers by the United Nations, establishing green belts and talking about population control and lots of other things. Um, but uh, it's something that needs to be looked at a little bit more closely and uh, and and uh, in a little bit more detail, so we know exactly what's going on with this Agenda 21. Um, uh, so we so we started we we put some fingers out there in the web and started to collect a little bit of information and started to request information from other people about this. So um, I'm going to do that right now as well. Anybody that's listening to my program or anybody that hears this program, if you have any information um, about UN Agenda 21, you can send me an email at Orbit Radio O R B I T Radio at AOL dot com. And uh, you can also go over to cyberspaceorbit.com and uh, check out uh, Kent's information on Agenda 21, and you can probably email him right from there. So anyway, uh, it's, uh, it seems important and a little bit uh, scary because uh, the way that I look at it, after I've read some of the things that I've read, um, and with the frame of reference that I have with some of my earlier experience in my life, it looks to me like uh, there there might be in the near future, or at least a possibility in the near future, a, a sort of environmental um, hazard or an environmental catastrophe that might have, that might affect the entire planet. Um, I, I'm not I'm not sure exactly what I mean by that, but you'll 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 get a better feel as I move on with this a little bit a little little bit more. But but if uh, is is Mother Earth in an emergency state and and uh, if it's possible that adjustments or corrections need to be made, and it's also possible that um, uh, that there are human beings that have their own agenda that are trying to either manipulate events or benefit from them or some other things. So anyway, um, just to, to get you started on Agenda 21, here's how the documents begin. This is the preamble uh, to, uh, to the Agenda 21 documents. It says, Humanity stands at a defining moment in history. 
we are confronted with a perpetuation of disparities between and within nations, a worsening of poverty, hunger, ill health, and illiteracy, and the continuing deterioration of the ecosystems on which we depend on for our well-being. However, integration of environment and development concerns and greater attention to them will lead to fulfillment of basic needs, improved living standards for all, better protected and managed ecosystems, and a safer, more prosperous future. No nation can achieve this on its own, but together we can in a global partnership for sustainable development. Now that sounds nice and everything, but uh, the details get a little bit more scary. Um, if you're interested in this, you can go to the table of contents uh, for the entire uh, Agenda uh, Agenda One documents, and uh, you can get that at www.sovereignty.net. That's S-O-V-E-R-E-I-G-N-T-Y, sovereignty.net, slash P, slash S-D, slash A-21. Um, and if you go to the Sovereignty Net uh, homepage, I'm sure you can get to it from there, too, if you didn't remember that whole website address. But that's Sovereignty.net slash P slash SD slash A2021. And uh, you can get information from the UN organization itself. Uh, they're not uh, uh, hiding this stuff, as usual. It's hide in plain sight, as I like to say. And the stuff's out there. Or just go to one of your search, uh, search, webs, uh, <laughs> search engines on the web preferably one that's not run by the NSA, and uh, put in Agenda 21, and that'll get you started, okay? Now, as a footnote, as a footnote, um, both Kent and I have the same idea about this, and uh, our interface with some of the Native American elders um, over the past few years has made us think that the planet is in sort of a crisis, a sort of an emergency situation, and that the Native Americans and some of the indigenous folks talk about purifications, and a lot of this is metaphorical, but uh, they say that uh, much of this stuff is, is imminent. Uh, and I've actually mentioned it on this program before. Um, a great man and a great wisdom keeper and a great friend and a person who... Uh, I was so fortunate to come into contact with and get to know uh, over the last few years who passed away just last winter was a grandfather, CeeLo Black Crow of the Lakota Nation. And uh, grandfather CeeLo, among others, talked about uh, November 2004 being anticipated by some of the traditional el elders, some of the traditional leaders, as to be a time of great change and uh, great happenings, and he also included the sun uh, in those great changes and great happenings. So what does that mean? I don't know. But uh, um, can something be done to alleviate that or to avoid some sort of a catastrophe? Again, I don't know. Is, um, is Agenda 21 um, an uh-oh, oh boy, what did we do uh, by humans to sort of try to uh, reclaim the planet and resolve some of these issues that have been uh, uh, created and that are now coming to a crescendo and be becoming such a such a large problem that they can't be ignored anymore. Are we going to see Earth changes in our lifetime? Will they happen at all? Um, you know, these are questions that 
that we're interested in and that we've been talking about. And um, I'd like to read some of the comments that uh, we've received. Uh, Kent uh, has posted some of them on his website, and him and I will probably be talking about this in a couple weeks, but uh, it's something that's important right now, and I want to talk about it before the elections. Um, so uh, with regard to the Native American elders, um, there's a, a gentleman who sent an email, and uh, it's always difficult to know um, who, who's who, but he appears to be a legitimate person who understands a little bit about Native American prophecy and these sorts of things. And I'm just going to read you some comments here, and you can take them with a grain of salt and make, make what you will of them. Just put them in the hopper and uh, use them as additional information. When you're out, when you're out there making decisions and uh, creating your worldview inside your own mind. Anyway, the gentleman says, "Osayo uh, uh, Kent, the purifications are inevitable, but there are things that can be done." The Cherokee elder Rolling Thunder taught me that purifications consist of three related elements: the cosmic, which would be uh, in his interp- interpretation, at least, uh, some sort of an impact scenario, asteroid or comet hitting, striking the Earth. Uh, so three related elements, the cosmic, which would be asteroid or comet impacts, the earthly, which he considers volcanic eruptions, field reversals, earthquakes, tsunamis, this sort of thing, and the human, pollution, war, and greed. And a combination of these three elements reduced a previous age to planet-bound barbarism. The cosmic element is well-known and discussed, he says, and he gives, yeah, lists a website uh, for NASA. And certainly, uh, they are aware, aware of the threat of an, of, an, of an impact. We talked about Tutatis a few weeks ago on the show. And uh, uh, some of these other near-Earth asteroids, these Earth-crossing asteroids that we talk about. Um, we have the ability now, like the Maya had, to detect, track, and catalog near-Earth objects, Earth-crossing comets, and interlopers. We can, like the civilization of the previous age, attempt to build a system to physically alter the orbits of these objects and establish seed bank outposts on planets and moons. And this requires that we survive the earthly and the human elements. He goes on to say, the earthly elements are driven like all thermodynamic processes by a heat engine. What is the source of this incredible enduring heat engine within our mother, the earth? A simple obvious question must forget to ask. What is this enduring heat engine inside the earth? RT lived on top of a volcanic caldera with live hot springs at Carlin, Nevada. I had to walk on it many times before I understood that vast heat loss has been going on worldwide for billions of years. Mars and Earth differ only in that Mars is smaller and almost dead volcanically. There is a new, little-known theory that explains the long-term cyclical release of heat from the Earth. And he lists a website here at uh, www.nuclearplanet.com. The georeactor goes through cycles of heat rise and heat loss, driving continental subduction, remelt, and re-extrusion at varying rates. This is why we observe cyclic behavior in volcanoes such as Mount St. Helens, as we're seeing right now, and supervolcanoes such as Yellowstone. 
circulation of the reactive core also drives the magnetosphere that protects the planet from the radiation and the solar wind. As you all know, we talk a lot about the solar wind and about how solar phenomenon can affect the planet here. So, um, so far I'm following this guy here, and I pretty much agree with what he's saying. As the reactor cycles, the magnetic field weakens, reverses, and is reestablished periodically. And again, we have, uh, uh, we have evidence of this in the historic and the geologic record that, that, that those things do happen. And we also have evidence right now that the magnetic shift is in process. We're in the middle of it right now. Uh, okay, back to this, uh, uh, this piece here. During magnetic nulls, the Earth is subjected to the full impact of the solar wind for a period of years resulting in mass extinctions and mutation of surviving life forms. So, uh, interesting, very interesting that this gentleman talks about the sun and about how the solar wind and about how solar phenomenon can affect and, uh, uh, and change the environment and literally the whole, uh, the whole structure of things down here on Earth. So we're going to play a little music here, and uh, I'll come back and talk about a little bit more of this. I'm trying to think of what I want to play. Oh, ah, you know, this is some great stuff, actually, right now, considering what we're talking about. Considering what we're talking about, I'm going to play a song here by World Party, and this is called Is It Like Today? I hope you enjoy it. KOPN Radio Orbit.
KOPN. A couple songs from their CD, Bang, right there. This is Mike Hagan. You're listening to Radio Orbit on KOPN 89.5. I want to take care of a couple of things real fast here. First, a quick thank you and a congratulations uh, to everybody for a successful Vote for KOPN membership drive. Special thanks to our business supporters, Brado, uh Pizza, Krista Schumann, massage therapist, uh, Clover's Natural Market, and CJ's Wings. Information on all of these businesses is available at KOPN's website, www.kopn.org. So thanks for everybody who supported the station and the uh, KOPN Pledge Drive. And with that in mind, uh, there is a uh, thank you uh, party coming up. KOPN is hosting a thank you for your support party at Mojo's. That'll be November 6th. It's a Saturday from 6 to 8 p.m. 
uh, singer-songwriter Vic Chestnut will be there performing for your enjoyment. And uh, uh, the latest KOPN membership letter, which you receive in the mail, will qualify you for a CD or a book of your choice also on the night of the show. So uh, more information is available at uh, KOPN.org or www.mojoscolumbia.org. So go to Mojo's. Uh, Columbia.org or go to the KOPN website at KOPN.org and uh, check that out. You can, uh, if you, if you uh, became a member or uh, renewed your membership to the station here and uh, are supporting your community radio station, supporting KOPN and the killer, incredible programming that you get uh, on KOPN, uh, if you have done your part to support that, well, then they're going to do a little something for you, too, by having this party on uh, on the 6th of November down there at Mojo's. That should be a good time. I'll be down there myself. So, anyway, looking forward to that. And uh, thanks again to everybody uh, who helped support the station. Okay, before the break there, we were talking about Agenda 21 and uh, um, uh, and kind of rolled that into some sort of Native American prophecies that we're talking about. It just happens that uh, one of the comments that we got from a gentleman uh, when we were asking about Agenda 21 and what um, what we thought was or, or what it might be related to, um, he wrote uh, this particular piece. And I'm going to continue with what he was uh, talking about here. We've been talking about... Um, a reactor inside of the Earth, which he's refer- referring to as a georeactor, the source of heat for the planet, the source of volcanism and all the geologic activity that we see, uh, comes from deep within the planet, obviously. Um, there are lots of different theories about what's really going on at the core of the planet. Uh, there are people that say that it's just a molten iron core. There are other people that say that it is a crystal core, and, uh, and all these are primarily mainstream ideas. Uh, there's lo- just lots of different theories out there. Um, but again, as, uh, as with many, many things, we just don't know, and uh, we're always trying to find out, trying to learn. So anyway, uh, this gentleman goes on to talk about uh, some of the changes that we might be experiencing here on planet Earth with regard to what the Native Americans call the purification or the or the, the purifications. <clears throat> um, he mentioned magnetic uh, magnetic field changes, and he says there is always area evacuation. Magnetic nulls might be combated by the use of the constellation M two P two satellites. Um, now, if you go to the University of Washington website, you can learn about the M two P two satellites. Um, what they would actually try to do is produce an artificial magnetosphere. Uh, with a um, a constellation of these satellites, they would deploy these satellites all around the Earth and uh, try to create and uh, um, a a false or um, uh, a magnetic field that's not natural around the planet. In the case that something did happen to our uh, to the magnetic field that the Earth actu- actually generates on her own. Now, the fact that the that this is even being theorized uh that they could use these M2P2 satellites to create an artificial um uh magnetosphere around the earth, that shows right there that the powers that be are concerned that this is a possibility because if the magnetic field shifts on the planet uh radically, Lots of different things can happen, including the elimination of all electronic devices, including the elimination of electricity as we know it. 
um, wherever there's an electric uh, wherever there's electricity, you find uh, magnetism and vice versa. Electricity and electromagnetism go together. That's why they call it electromagnetism. The one exists, uh, one cannot exist without the other. So if you significantly change the magnetic field, you significantly change the potential uh, and the uh, necessary conditions to produce electricity. Okay? So this is serious stuff we're talking about. If, uh, if something like that happens and the entire planet is uh, eliminated from electricity, well, immediately we go right back to the Stone Age. Um, nothing, as you or me know it, can go on. Nothing can occur, including this radio broadcast, including the driving of your automobile, including the, 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 the functioning of your watch, um, and all of the machines that we use to make other things. Now those machines will, not, will, will no longer be operable. So... Um, uh, the machines that we use to get resources out of the ground, for example, those will no longer be operable. So anyway, if something like that happens, it literally does just put the brakes on technology as we know it. It just literally stops it. And uh, whether it can be restarted again is a question uh, that may or may not uh, have to be answered here in the, in the near future. Um, okay, so uh, let's see. Um, he talks about how RT, he, he's using this guy, his initials are RT, the letters RT, and he, he just says, RT described to me great underground coils of copper wire encircling ancient cities for what he didn't say, except that he knew it wasn't to generate power. They had ways of generating power that the modern people know nothing about. Now, this goes back to the ideas of Tesla and Wilhelm Reich that I was talking about earlier in the program. Um, this is really an interesting piece. I hadn't read it before now, and uh, I think we'll have to contact this guy. Um, anyway, uh, he talks again uh, now about the third element of the purifications, and this is the human element. He says, the human elements are spiritual. We must adopt values of caring for each other and the earth. We must stop polluting. Stop fighting over land, oil, race, religion. Eliminate greed. Live each man in his own country without invading others. Make medicine. Grow corn. Protect plants and animals because we are parts of one earth that need each other to survive and to thrive. Work together on the mega projects that can protect us from cosmic and earthly destruction and allow our children to return to the stars from whence we came. When R.T. taught me these things, Kent, I didn't believe him. In the years since, I've worked at NASA, I've studied his words, and I've found them all to be true. The evidence is there in archaeology, in our DNA, in Mesopotamian word roots, in physics. The ancient civilization was technical, coastal, and was subducted long ago, remelted, no trace, it's gone. We are the survivals we are the survivors of a people who came from the stars. We will have to return someday, in pieces or in ships. The choice is ours, as a collective civilization, and time is running out. Thanks for your sight, and thanks for info on Agenda 21. I will contribute when I can. I'm out of work now. Now, this is just one gentleman who wrote... And I'm assuming it's a man. That's a, that's a poor assumption on my part. It may be a woman who wrote that. Um, in any case, um, it is something that, that resonates with me very strongly because it's very close to 
what I believe is happening right now on planet Earth and what I believe um, we're in the middle of and something that I was told years ago was going to happen and uh, along with many other things that have been verified through my own personal experience. This is not stuff that uh, um, I'm just making up. So anyway, we're going to talk a little bit more about this when we come back. We'll give you a break to think about that. But that was an incredible uh, bit of information uh, that uh, Kent's got posted up on the web there at cyberspaceorbit.com. Uh, go check it out and uh, send us your comments about Agenda 21 and about what else you think might be going on uh, in the realm of uh, the changes that are taking place right now on planet Earth. Uh, okay, we got about a half hour, 25 minutes left of the program. Last chance, give me a call if you want. Area code 573-443-8255. If you want to get on the air and share your thoughts, I'll be glad to talk to you this evening. This is Mike. You're listening to Radio Orbit on KOPN, and I'll be back in just a minute.
the wet sprocket from fear and uh, having a little bit of difficulty with the CD player as has been the case for the last couple hours but no big deal this is Mike you're listening to Radio Orbit on KOPM we've got about 15 minutes left to go here I'm going to read a little bit more about some of these comments that we've gotten 
uh, with regard to the UN Agenda 21 and uh, how it might be related to some of these other things that are happening right now around the, around the country, around the planet. And um, this is a comment uh, comes from uh, somebody, not sure who it is. A lot of these are anonymous comments, but they're usually kind of interesting to read. So let me bring this to you here in a second. And uh, interesting. Okay. Um, this gentleman says, during the Reagan administration, I wrote a letter to James Baker III about the devaluation of the dollar. Mr. Baker replied that he liked it, showed it to President Reagan, but he didn't believe in a quick fix. Now, I'm not reading from that piece anymore. Uh, I have um, some other uh, things that I'd like to add about James Baker. But maybe this isn't the time to do that. But uh, James Baker is... Uh, very involved in what's happening in the world right now. And although he's one of these sort of behind-the-scenes players these days, he's very, very important to some of the things that we're seeing happening on the planet right now. And in my opinion, uh, in my opinion not, uh, not, not for the good of, uh, of most of the people on this planet. So, in any case, uh, this letter goes on to say, I got the idea from reading about Solon, in the Athens age. He saved his country from an economic doom by devaluating the currency and wiping out the debt for everyone. Today we could do the same and it would benefit everyone from the poor to the very rich. The only ones hurt by it are the foreign countries who uh, own dollars and the uh, quote-unquote new world order. Number one, devalue the dollar against all foreign currencies, but do not recall the dollar. Let's say, for example, in this letter we use uh, a simple 100 to 1 devaluation. For all Americans, you wake up and you find out that the dollar is worth 100 times less than it was yesterday, but it will have no effect on the Americans unless you have to travel overseas, unless you leave the country. Um, uh, that, that would cost 100 times more, but everything in the nation would, would remain the same price. He says, there's a debt bomb about to go off in this country, and I agree with him. To end the crisis, the government recalls the debts of everyone, the rich and the poor alike, corporations and all governments from local, state, federal alike. All this debt is thrown on the national debt. We go to the gold standard, devalue the dollar to the national debt. Uh, we may be talking a 1,000 to 1, um, likely more than that. Number three, he said, imported oil would cost the nation a fortune. However, our Alaska pipeline has been flowing at a half capacity. Open it to full up and build a natural gas pipeline on top of it as planned. The dying executive Atlantic Richfield said there's a 200-year supply of oil there. And top grade, why are we buying Arab oil? Well, that's a whole other story, and um, I don't particularly agree with that point, but uh, I'm just going to keep going on and let this guy have his, have his words here. So, um, it'll be impossible to maintain all our troops overseas. Therefore, the troops will have to be brought home from around the world and then place them across the Mexican border to stop immigrants, discharge the reservists and National Guard, but maintain a large military. Where in the U.S. Constitution does it state that we are to be the world's police force? I agree with him there. Although, uh, I think closing the border and trying to... Um, Eliminate that uh, through those means is not the right way to do it. I think there's a reason why it's happening. But in any case, uh, the American people can no longer afford to buy foreign imports if they did that to the currency. Says so, uh, we would have to manufacture all items here within the United States. Sure, a great idea, but we uh, a lot of those industries are gone. They would have to be rebuilt. Factories would have to be rebuilt. Equipment would have to be all this stuff. So uh, anyway. 
Um, drug addicts will have a problem. They can't get imports. They'll have to break the habit. Ah, yeah, come on. Anyway, well, this guy has some valid points, and he has some uh, invalid points. But uh, the bottom line is there are a lot of... Uh, uh, a lot of different things happening out there in the country right now, a lot of different ideas. A lot of people think that uh, there are big changes that are coming. Um, define big any way you like, um, whether it's geopolitical in nature, whether it's environmental, whether it's, uh, um, whether it's some sort of a natural catastrophe. Uh, all of these things are in the public consciousness right now, and a lot of people are feeling... Um, uh, Feeling the the waves of all that stuff, and they're and they're and they're trying to respond in the way in the best ways that they can. Uh, myself myself included. Um, I have uh, for for quite a long time uh, for quite a long time thought that uh, we were living in a unique time, and uh, I still think that. And maybe I'm deluding myself. It's interesting because if you read historically, there are many times in history where um, uh, there are reports of people in those particular ages who uh, thought that their time was somehow more significant or more special than other people's times or other ages. And that, and this may be a case of that. I'm willing to, I'm willing to entertain the fact that uh, that this might just be self-delusional. And that we may just think that uh, we are living in the most important of times. But then, of course, this is when our lives are. And so for us and for our families and for um, our future generations, the children that we leave behind and the grandchildren, this is the most important time because it's our time and it's their time. And uh, we cannot take that lightly. It's an important time, regardless of whether it's the most important time. It's an important time. And it's your right and responsibility as a human being on this planet to do your best to learn and to understand what's happening and to do your best to try to um, add to the, the benefits and the the good things that we have on this planet, the amazing things that we're lucky enough to get to experience on this planet. Uh, I always make a point on this program to talk about as amazing as things are, uh, very few of the things that are really cool get mentioned in the uh, in the mainstream media. We tend to be focused on the on the nastiness because for whatever reason that stuff they say at least they tell us. Um, that sells. Those things sell. Um, I don't know. I don't know what. I don't know what that means that they sell. I don't know if they've ever tried uh, putting uh, other information out there. Some of the astounding stuff that we talk about, and see if that sells. Um, maybe it would. But in any case, uh, there's lots going on, and uh, there are good reasons to get involved with your own life live your life get involved get in life get involved in life and uh, do your thing whatever that might be now's the time now's your time and um that's exactly what we're doing here at KOPN we recognize that a lot of the programmers here and a lot of the volunteers that are here um doing their best to help out the community 
and their community radio station. And so uh, before we go to the last little bit of music at the end of the program here, I want to thank everybody one more time, uh, all of those people who donated to, Co- uh, to KOPN to help support the station and uh, to help support your community. It really is important. And, um, you know, you're not going to change the world. You're not going to stop the new world order. So get involved in your own community, change your own life, change the life of the people around you, and in that way you do change the world. And uh, do it close to home. Do it, uh, uh, do it wherever you can. And, uh, and do it now. This is Mike Hagan. You're listening to Radio Orbit on KOPN. And uh, this is Suzanne Vega with Solitude Standing. We'll talk to you next week. Stick around for Carol Greenspan coming up in just a few minutes with Jewish Spectrum as always.
So why? 